views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Dr. Pat Show. This is Chris Danis, and I'm the guest host today. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, I'd like to introduce myself a little bit. I'm the founder of Woman of Wisdom in Seattle, and we've been putting on conferences since 1993. And I'm excited today because actually my guest um, has been at Woman of Wisdom for, for on and off for many years. Uh, she started with us in 1995 and has been several times and is returning again in 2015. This coming February, 20-year anniversary, and that is Dr. Jean Shinoda Bowen. Now, Jean is the author of the brand-new book, Artemis, the Indomitable Spirit of In Every Woman. And she, she is a prolific writer. She's the author of several books, well-known for her Goddesses in Every Woman, Crones Don't Whine, Urgent Message from Mother, um, one of her more recent books was Like a Tree, and then this brand-new book. She's a psychiatrist, union analyst, author, and speaker, and works tirelessly to um, lead us to have a U.N. Fifth World Conference on Women, and um, has been working on that for decades, I think. So uh, welcome, Jane, to the show. It's good to be with you, Chris, and with your listeners, and let's have a conversation and some fun together. Yes, well, first of all, um, because, you know, just the title of the book, Artemis, you work so much in archetypes. Tell us a little bit about Artemis. Well, Artemis is a goddess, the Greek goddess of the hunt and goddess of the moon. So she is the goddess with a bow and arrow and the goddess of the uh, waxing moon. And so right away you get an image of a woman as an, ar- I mean, as an archetype. A, a woman who uh, can aim for a target of her own choosing. I mean, she can focus. She is uh, at home in nature and in the wilderness rather than in cities. So as a young girl, a Artemis uh, would be the girl who is a happy Girl Scout or the horseback rider. or And also, she was the goddess who, from the moment she was born, she helped her mother, midwife, her brother into the world. Her brother is Apollo. And consequently, she is the goddess image archetype for the midwife. And she is uh, has a natural kind of egalitarian quality. She she gets along with men as brothers. She's not, uh, she's somebody 
as an archetype who never caught much to patriarchy where there is this power over business. She really sees uh, the male of the species as an equal in a natural kind of a way. And as a little girl, like the goddess herself in her mythology at age three, she has a mind of her own. Uh, she may have a, go through a difficult period about between 9 and 12 when girls as a, as a whole start to try to conform. But up until that point, she knows what she wants, and she also has a natural sense of social justice that comes up when there's favoritism, and she says, it's not fair. And that, if you can hear that as a memory of when you were a kid, then you know that you have Artemis as an archetype. And, Chris, the word in the title that has meant a great deal uh, to me to put there and to keep there while I changed the title, actually, is indomitable. And indomitable means untamed and unsubdued. It's that part of a woman that no matter what happens to her, a part of her stays one unto herself, unsubdued, untamed, and it may take a while for it to emerge, especially especially if she's been abused and and is in a depression. But in her soul, in her psyche, that autonomous part is that which is unsubdued. So she could be like a raped non-victim. Part of her, yes, it's happened to her, but that did not destroy her because there is this other archetype, which is in every woman. All the archetypes are present in us all. But some start out at the very beginning as being dominant, and others come to the fore later in our lives. So there are even late-blooming Artemis women who discover this archetype in the third postmenopausal phase of their lives. Yes, I like you brought up the fact of, you know, she doesn't take on the victimhood. And, you know, that's how we, how we respond to things in our lives. And that's that Artemis, you know, within us, if we respond like, okay, I'm not going to take this sitting down, you know. And some people do go into the victimhood and, you know, respond differently. And, but you're, you're call, and you're calling women to step into this Artemis, too. So not only defining it, um, you know, it's, it's, you recognize parts of yourself when you're reading your book. That's what I love about it. That is a, that's what myth does. Uh, myth rings true to some parts of us always. That's why uh, we can identify with uh, people in stories that, that there's not type of basis of, of characterizations because it, there is a corresponding somebody in each of us. Yes, and then in, in your book, you tell a lot about um, the, and the Greek mythology. Um, Atalanta, Atalanta, is that how you say her name? Yes, Atalanta. She, so tell us about she her, because she's, she's really woven into the book a lot. She's very much woven into the book, because that was almost the title of the book, except nobody heard, nobody knows, not nobody, but hardly anybody could uh, see Atalanta and know what the book is about, but thanks to goddesses and every woman, an awful lot of and, and to uh, all the, the studies that most of us have had somewhere along in school, uh, we do know the names of the major Greek gods and goddesses, and Artemis is one of them. So her name is familiar, even if you don't know that much about her. And Atalanta is a personification of 
as an immortal woman in Greek mythology. In fact, she's, it's amazing how how big a story she is in Ovid and in other uh, the the Latin uh, part of uh, taking Greek mythology and in Greek mythology itself. She has been written about by the major Greek and Latin uh, writers, and yet she's not very familiar. And she, the reason I chose her uh, goes back before Goddesses and Every Woman. I was going to write a book called Pathways to Wholeness using two myths. One, the Psyche myth, which every Jungian is very familiar with because um, she is the human who is presented with tasks and masters them, but only after she gives up at first but sticks with it and something comes through in her so she can do it. And I I, I was sort of thinking, well, that's not how I react to challenge, and it certainly isn't the way that a lot of women I know react to challenge. This this archetype, this story of Psyche doesn't isn't everybody's story. What about another heroine, another Greek heroine, who reacted to challenge by stepping up to the plate, by by taking it on. And, and at that point, given that I'd been through medical school, I certainly hadn't, you know, thrown myself into the river at the first thought of of, of having a major challenge, which is what Psyche did. So I was writing a book called Pathways to Wholeness, using the Psyche myth as one model and the Atalanta myth as the, as the other. And... And then I wrote Goddesses and Every Woman when I got aware that there were more than these two stories that had to do with two of the goddesses. So who is Atalanta? Well, she is the heroine who, when she was first born, and she turned out to be a girl and not a boy, her father, the king, was so angry that that this new baby that he had expected to be a son and heir turned out to be a girl that he had her uh, taken to the, the closest high mountain and abandoned there. There she was supposed to die of exposure or perhaps by, a, a, you know, eaten by a wild animal or something. And then we wouldn't have a story, of course. <laughs> what happened, though, is a mother... Well, it said that she was under the protection of Artemis. And as a result, a mother bear came along, sniffed her... And they bonded, and she she suckled the little baby girl who was at Atlanta, and and raised her until she was uh, a toddler, as the story goes. So we have a we have a we have the image of Mother Bear, which is the ferocity and activism of an outraged Artemis. And one of the things about Artemis the archetype. Is it that she is the uh, the archetype in activists who, whether it's rescuing girls and women, or the environment, or or being for social justice, or whatever, that is the archetype that that is in every activist who looks out for what is vulnerable. So Atlanta's story begins with an encounter with this symbol that, that stands for Artemis. And she turns out to be very much a embodiment of, of an Artemis spirit in her rather long story, actually. Yeah, and there's quite a bit to it. And we're going to have to take a break right now. We'll come right back and talk more with Jean Shinoda Bowen. 
Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. The website is bellevue.wellness1.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellness1.net. Where do you desire to go in your life? Are you only looking outside yourself for the answers? What if you use your soul's wisdom to lead the way? So what is the soul and how do you access its wisdom? Soul Suitcase with Victoria Cohen will unpack these questions and help you tap into and trust your own inner voice to solve everyday problems. Our Soul Suitcase is a treasure chest of wisdom inside us waiting to be discovered. Listen to Soul Suitcase while Victoria Cohen takes everyday situations like job loss, relationship struggles, parenting challenges, work stress, and health concerns and shows you how awakening to your inner voice helps you make more conscious choices where your life flows more smoothly with greater clarity purpose, grace, and ease. As a psychotherapist and soul coach, Victoria has inspired thousands of clients over the past 31 years to listen to their inner wisdom and let it guide them on their true path. You can learn this too on Soul Suitcase with Victoria Cohen. Your soul suitcase is packed. Are you ready to start your journey? Hi everyone, this is Dr. Pat. I am super excited about the Women of Wisdom Fall Harvest Festival coming in October. For those of you out there, if you're a healer, vendor, reader, or earth-friendly educational group seeking to participate in this fall event, well, you get to reserve your space now. Apply by September 15th for the Women of Wisdom Fall Harvest Festival. To participate in this event, email wow at womenofwisdom.org. All right, everybody, we'll see you there. Called the Oprah of Radio by her listeners, award-winning host Dr. Pat Basile is blowing the doors off of traditional talk radio. Get ready for an energizing delivery and powerful interviews with leaders in the field of human potential. Dr. Pat's fresh new perspective on living life full out has catapulted her show to the top of talk radio. Tune in and Dr. Pat will help you thrive instead of merely survive. Visit thedrpatshow.com. That's T-H-E-D-R-Patshow.com for listening times in your area. Welcome to Smile Big, nominee of Seattle's Top Dentist Awards. Here at Smile Big, we offer restorative, cosmetic, and preventative dentistry. Some of our regular dental services include tooth-colored fillings, crowns, bridges, implants, bleaching, cosmetic bonding, and complete smile restoration. Dr. James Rosenwald and Dr. Susan Abdener won't be smiling until you are smiling. Call now to schedule a visit with Seattle's Top Dentists. Our number is 425-454-4040. You can even visit our website at smilebig.com. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio, the new mainstream in radio. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Chris Danis, and we're talking with Jean Shinoda Bolin, author of her new book, Artemis, The Indomitable Spirit in Every Woman. So, Jean, you've been telling us about Artemis and Atalanta and other wonderful stories about Atalanta. But um, first, you know, I want to find out a little bit more about you because I suspect there's a lot of Atalanta and Artemis in you. And, and we'd love to hear that story about your life. Well, one of the one of the 
connections I have with with Artemis is that I I I was uh, during during the summers um, a, a Girl Scout, and outside of L.A., the uh, Camp Osito, Camp Rancho are uh, serves that whole metropolitan area, and it's very roughing. It used to be, at least in my time, uh, and and a really out in the woods kind of. Uh, experience and so we slept out under the stars uh we we hiked a lot we loaded uh uh burrows with to to, to travel uh to climb the highest mountain around there which is mount san gorgonio and essentially what was interesting is that the first time we all went to camp it was like our parents usually sent us but those of us who returned because we liked it we're really uh, Artemis uh, girls because we may have had other roles in school. Like I was a, I was a, a, a good student, and I was a, uh, often a class officer, and I wasn't an athlete or anything. A lot of Artemis gr- girls are. Their Atalanta, for example, was supposedly the fastest runner in ancient Greece. So besides being a hunter and a runner and an outdoors person, which some girls are very young, I didn't look like that at all at school, but away at camp, it was another story, and it also was a bonding place for sisterhood, a sense of, of telling, you know, being together, and sisterhood is part of the Artemis story in that when she was three years old, as the myth goes, her father, Zeus, was so pleased with her that he said, anything you want, I'll give you, and one of the things she wanted was nymph companions or uh, that she could choose herself. So the sense of having a sense of sisterhood as well as egalitarian relationship with boys is, is really what an Artemis girl is like. And, and the element for many of them, many of us, is, is, is out in nature where spirituality can be found as well. And for me, I actually began my first book called The Dallas Psychology, Synchronicity in the Self, with a recollection of sleeping out under the stars and at one point having what would be an Artemis spiritual experience of, first of all, being moved by the beauty of, of the Milky Way out under the stars, and then at some point altering just a bit to where it wasn't all out there, but that I was part of this beautiful universe. And that is that mystical strain that is also part of Artemis that showed up early, the sense of oneness, the, the sense of indigenous consciousness, which is very much an Artemis quality. I didn't even have the words for that. It wasn't until I got involved with synchronicity and realized that what the Eastern folks had been talking about as the now was that same sense of mystical oneness that I experienced at age eight or nine or ten, something like that. So I I think that really started the the, uh, the Artemis part of me uh, grew grew in, in summer times. Later, when too, I decided, I was a Girl Scout and loved camping too, and I'm sure that you know many of our listeners are are going, yeah, you know, I I love um, going to Girl <laughs> Scout camp. I love sleeping out under the stars. <laughs> and you also are an activist, and you you started Women of Wisdom, and before that, you you were in was it the Peace Corps? 
No, no, I wasn't in the history. I, I traveled around the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, which is which is an Artemis quality. It is like off the beaten track. Uh, explore. Be curious. Um, these are Artemis qualities. I mean, if you think about the metaphor of being in a uncharted wilderness, or for a kid, it's just the local woods. If you live, we're lucky enough to live by the woods. Where you kind of explore and be curious and be still and sometimes hear an animal or whatever it is, but that that kind of exploration of what, what's around the next bend, the traveler in you, he does that. That's the explorer, the curious young woman. That's so. Then you come home and you must you have a sense of sisterhood because you start this organization called Women of Wisdom, and and it. That connotates not only being uh, having a conference of women, because that's what these conferences are about, but that there's also, whenever you start talking about wisdom, the deep wisdom is what we know innately and usually has a spiritual component. So, yeah, I'd say that from what you have done, uh, that you and I do share this archetype we have other ones we as well being but... thrown together yeah, i think this is your fourth probably your fifth time coming to women wisdom over 20 years of of, uh, of doing this together but tell me you know um how you see this archetype shows up now in the mainstream american culture the women's movement liberated artemis uh really i mean it it as it, it and the millennial generation right now is really uh, moving along with it. I mean, when I think about some of the major uh, movies that are appealing to young women, one of them and to older Artemis women would be the Artemis would would be the Hunger Games that Kat, uh, Katniss Everdeen, who uses a bow and arrow, uh, has the relationships with with young men who who are friends as well as boyfriends. Um, this this young woman who comes to support her her mother when her mother uh, gets all dysfunctional and has a younger sister and at the death of of her of her father takes on being the hunter for the family, risking going beyond the boundaries where she's supposed to stay in order to do that. I mean, she is an embodiment of the Artemis archetype. And and, um, and then there's another uh, um, uh, animated film called Frozen in which the, the saving grace is the relationship between two sisters. Uh, that's very Artemis. And then I think about Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt as personifying as as movie personalities in their lives. Uh, very, very much Artemis uh, qualities in that, that uh, Angelina's adoption of many children. Uh, because Artemis looks... It's interesting that, that Artemis Sagonis, uh was the protectress of girls just as they were 
about to, well, pre-pubescent girls were under her protection. They were called art toy or little bears. And during the period they were under Artemis' protection, uh, they were free from being claimed as young brides and things like that. And so uh, Angelina Gilly is playing, like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith, she's doing it with Brad Pitt, who she eventually has recently married. Uh, but she's an adventure uh, character in a lot of her, her, her personifications, and she also represents as a major figure at the U.N. as a, a um, advocate for UNICEF. So I see this particular act up all around me. Of course, this is what you do when you get interested in a particular archetype. But I do know from a historical sense that uh, this archetype really got liberated by the women's movement. Oh, that yeah, that's interesting because it's 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 coming forward. You're seeing it in a lot of movements. You know, that you feel like the women are on the move, and they're even unconsciously may not be aware we're doing it. How we're embracing this Artemis archetype? Oh, for sure. Um, and and some of the major uh, figures, real figures, like in in goddesses and every woman. Uh, Gloria Steinem really was the model as the feminist big sister for Artemis, even though she's not a going camping in the woods kind of a person. I mean, that was not part of her young life. But all the other qualities, uh, protecting young girls, uh, uh, sisterhood, uh, the kinds of things she stands for are is very Artemis. We, we don't, we may have Artemis's a strong archetype doesn't mean we personify all of her qualities. Like Julia Butterfly Hill, who lived up in Luna, the tree she called Luna, and he, uh, for almost two years, uh, and saved an ancient redwood forest, or saved part of it and saved that particular tree. Now, now she's a real outdoor artist. And she yeah, that's a great and, example. And, you know, yeah. That's a great example um, for us to, you know, a modern-day Artemis. Well, this is Christina on the Dr. Pat Show, and we will have to take a short break and come back and talk more with Jean Shinoda Bolin. No, I can't take one more step towards you Cause all that's waiting is regret Don't you know I'm not your ghost anymore Laura Longley is on a mission to remove stuckness from your life for good and replace it with happiness. Tune in Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for The Laura Longley Show, where authentic change takes flight. Say yes to that inspired you and goodbye to your stuckness as Laura and her guests deliver powerful ways to work through common problems in this fun and unique hit show. If you're one of the millions of Americans suffering from anxiety, you probably know how powerless and out of control this emotion can make you feel. This is why it is so important to remember that anxiety is created by your mind, which means that you can learn to use your mind to uncreate it. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. My award-winning book, The Fear and Anxiety Solution, 
provides you with a step-by-step breakthrough process to understand and resolve the root causes of your anxiety and build a solid foundation of confidence and inner peace. If you are ready to take your power back, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. That's thefearandanxietysolution.com or call 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-MIND. How do you feel when you hear the word retirement? What does that mean? Good question. You are unique and you deserve an individual plan to help you achieve your definition of retirement. Jeff Packman, financial advisor with Ameriprise Financial, invites you to attend a special evening to learn about how to more confidently make informed choices. Call Packman Brown and Associates, a financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated in Bellevue, Washington at 425 372 4813 today for a formal invitation to the September 16th seminar. Hors d'oeuvres, refreshments, and parking will be provided. This is an informational event. There is no cost or obligation. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Victoria Cohen, psychotherapist and soul coach here in Seattle. I'm giving a workshop called Thank Goodness for Gratitude at East West Bookshop, September 21st from 1 to 4. Gratitude works its magic as an antidote to challenging emotions, offering us an uplifting alternative to fear, anger, resentment, envy, regret, and depression. Call to register for the event at 206-523-3726 or online at eastwestbookshop.com. on the Dr. Pat show and I forgot to um, share that I also have a show on Fridays at one o'clock Pacific time that is the Voices of Women show it's on Dr. Pat's Transformation Talk Radio so I'd love for you to to come uh, listen to my interviews there I interview a lot of women every Friday at one o'clock um, Jean how about you sharing your information where people can go find out about you your website and uh, JeanBolin.com, J-E-A-N-B-O-L-E-N.com. That's pretty easy. Yep, it is. Okay, great. Well, we've just been talking. You were talking about Julie um, Butterfly Hill. She's one of those real-life examples of an indomitable spirit of Artemis. But um, there's lots of stories in the book, and I know one of them is where Atlanta conf- confronts the boar. And I'd love for you to talk about that. I was I was quite moved by uh, even on one particular page. It talks about the shadow side of the boar within us, and and I think those are important aspects that we have to understand about this archetype. The story of the Caledon boar is a, a major uh, story in ancient Greece. And what's interesting is that here's this boar that is tearing up the countryside. Um, uh, Caledon is a, a a country whose prince was born at the same time that uh, that Atlanta was, and and while she was abandoned and discarded, so to speak, because she was a girl, he was he was just celebrated because he was a boy, and their paths meet, and here they are, this uh, couple, both of whom are renowned as hunters. 
Meanwhile, um, Artemis has been greatly offended by the king of Caledon, who has failed to offer any honor or sacrifices at the annual um, honoring of the divinities. She was just ignored. And this is a forested country. And she, in her pride and, and her refusal to be humiliated, was just really offended. And out of her anger, she created this massive animal referred to as a Caledon boar, a boar that seems like it was the size of an elephant with huge tusks. And, and indiscriminately, this boar tore up the countryside. Whatever was in its way, it stomped over, it destroyed. And the king then gets very concerned that something has to stop the boar. And so he conceives of the idea of a massive hunt, and he invites all the heroes of ancient Greece who want to make a name for themselves to come on this hunt to subdue the Caledon boar. Well, we first have an image that the boar represents the anger, an indiscriminate anger of Artemis. So then we get some idea that this might be a shadow side of this archetype, which is a, a... and anger at having her values uh, unrecognized, uh, uh, a sense of entitlement, maybe, which the goddess had, and some Artemis women can have as well. And anger uh, being then the exaggeration in the Samadhan boar. Well, if this is so, then the only person who can, can really confront the shadow is the woman in whom Artemis lives. As in the story, the, the heroes gather from all over. The boar is a very wily boar. It, it hides among the willows in a kind of a, a valley where the, it can't be surrounded. It has to be approached one or two at a time, and the boar does in everybody. They crosses people, the, the heroes, the heroes that, that tried to kill the boar did not succeed. Then it was Atalanta. Atalanta, who, who with her bow and arrow, waited for the boar to come. Well, by the way, the boar has a pelt that's impervious to arrows and spears and everything. So that's one of the reasons why the boar was, was, was being so successful at, at uh, what it was doing. But here, here's Atalanta, and she sees the boar coming at her head-on, and she has the courage to hold her ground, aim that arrow right into its eye. It, it gets wounded, it staggers, and then her partner, Meliagar, deals the final blow and kills the boar. So between the two of them, the boar is dead. Now, it is very important to think about how, when you are an activist, how when you are someone who who feels that things that are of value are trashed or little girls are being trafficked or whatever it is where where you you, you operate as an activist with the rage of a mother of a bear or perhaps as a boar if it gets out of control then the only person who can stop it is the woman herself who realize that this is a shadow, that her anger is out of hand, 
that she must face it down and subdue it herself. And that's um, an example of how almost every archetype, every goddess archetype, has a shadow side as well. Uh, the gifts of the goddess archetypes are many, but though for every single one of them except Hestia, uh, there's a shadow side. Hestia was not personified. She was the fire at the center of the round heart that made home and temple sacred. Uh, she is the presence in a woman's circle with a sacred center, which is the basis of what I feel can be a transformative movement uh, through women. So that's a story yeah. of confronting the shadow. Yes, and then also how she was treated afterwards. You know, she it's 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 a familiar story for women to you know because they the men that were also trying to kill the boar. Um, if I remember the story correct, oh. her, her partner treated right. her with the hide and 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 the other and and the men felt that she can go. That is such a such an award should not go to a woman. And over and over again, they're real-life stories, and one of them I tell uh, is about Candace Burt, who, whose book, uh, uh, Molecules of Emotion, is a really good book to understand immune, the immune system. But it also tells a personal story of how she and the woman who discovered the double helix image that is responsible for why we know about the structure of the chromosome, how these really bright scientists happened, who happened to be women had the first one uh, <clears throat> had, was not even, was left off uh, as being named as being a scientist discoverer of the chromosome and she took it and developed cancer which uh, happens when you are depressed and angry and you <laughs> and you carry it within yourself, your immune system suffers. Well, Candace Pert, when it happened to her, she protested, which is, was considered bad form, uh, but she remembered Rosalind Franklin's story, and she was working with the immune system, and she was not about to just be silent and and uh, follow in Rosalind Franklin's footsteps and get depressed and so forth. Uh, so... Yes, um, especially in, say, our mother's generation, uh, very often uh, one got credit if you wrote in the scientific world. If you were fortunate to be published, uh, you often did with your initials, but not instead of saying your first name as obviously a, a woman's name. Yeah, so that there's a lot of our history that's left out, and uh, I, I think that's something that women are reclaiming now. You're starting to hear books and stories come out about these women um, who've been left out of history and not been given their rewards, so to speak, for the work that what they've accomplished. And um, I think the tide is shifting and all that. Well, this is uh, the best time in the whole history since the Greeks which means recorded history, this is the best time to ever be a woman in the Western world. It's obviously not so in Africa or in parts of the Muslim world where women are 
course, to wear the burqas and all that. But in the West, there has never been a better time to be a woman. And I think with with all the gifts that we have been given, that is, we get we live longer than any people have ever lived since, and and women especially. Plus, we thanks to the women's movement. We are a, and I'm also saying it's a class kind of a thing. If if we are middle class uh, or above, we've had the resources to travel. We've had education. Uh, we've we've been able to to be in women's circles and consciousness raising groups, and we have um, now a responsibility to. I I think to whom much is given, much is expected. And I just keep trying to move this entire boomer generation to to realize how much they have been given relative to all the women that have ever lived in the world. And what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do to make a difference? What are you going to do to give back? This is one of my major hopes for women who might be listening to this, is to, is to think about how fortunate they are, if they're still standing with their minds intact, uh, they know more about the world. They've had more opportunities. And what about the generation of their daughter and the granddaughters? Um, this is also why my particular advocacy giving back has to do with seeing the value of the UN-sponsored Fifth Women's World Conference for the last one in Beijing in 1950, 1995, being 20 years ago, that... that um, I would like to talk about this uh, a little bit more later, but it, it's just about the, the whole notion that, that if we're still here and you're looking for something to do, then what moves you to make a difference and to go for it uh, just engages the Artemis, and it's fun. Yes. Um, yeah, and that that's so true. Um, and, and, yes, we can come back and talk about the U.N. conference that you are working to happen. So this is Chris Danis on the Dr. Pat Show, and we'll come back and talk more with Jean Bolin, who's the author of Artemis, the Indomitable Spirit in Every Woman. Wendy R. Wolf in a groundbreaking six-week class, Introduction to Meditation and Psychic Tools. Safely and comfortably open your soul senses, your psychic information, deepen spirituality, and learn to actively heal yourself and shift your life. The class begins September 12th, 7 to 9 p.m. in Seattle. For more information and for your chance to win a free seat to this class, please visit HealGrowShine.com. That's HealGrowShine.com. Can you keep your lifestyle in retirement? It's a question people often wonder about. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Jeff Packman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Jeff can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Jeff Packman Financial Advisor today at 425-453-0272. Office is located at 601-108th Avenue Northeast, Suite 1800, Bellevue, Washington, 98004. 
The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment and advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Hi, I'm Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and here's your tip for the day. What is abundance? It isn't the same to all of us. So what's your personal gold? Is it the full expression of yourself in business or in love or in the creation of a book or product? or the service you offer, all of the above. When we step into allowing our joy that corresponds with our essence, we are literally coming out of the closet and making new choices. We look and sound different. We don't even talk about the same things anymore. We have a new spark. So wouldn't it make sense that it causes ripples and earthquakes around us? When you shift, you affect everyone around you. You're teaching people to step into all that they are, and they will come to you and say, what have you done? What makes you different? Join me on Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio, and let's go deep with your abundance. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio, the best in talk radio. talking with Jean Bolin, who's the author of Artemis, The Indomitable Spirit in Every Woman. And so, we, um, Jean, we, we talked about that confrontation with the boar. You're talking about the uh, women stepping up into, you know, well, making things happen and change, make the world the way we want to make it, what we're wanting in our world and, and the gifts that we have. You know, just like the Dalai Lama says, that the world will change through the, you know, the Western women. Um, you wanted to share a little bit more about that UN conference. You mentioned that and how I know that's something you've tirelessly worked for to make happen. And, and, and I know, I think, and from your work and others, that perhaps we're getting closer to, for that to happen. It's been 20 years. Wow. Well, 20 years ago, there was the uh, Fourth Women's World Conference in Beijing, out of which came, 
an amazing document called the Platform for Action that listed 12 areas of concern that if women, if women, they were all the women's issues, and this was like a program for the the United Nations and the member states of the United Nations to concentrate on. And it was a consciousness-raising, really, document, a lot of which has not been implemented, but some of which has been, because that's the way it has been for women. Things have gotten better in lots of ways, and in certain ways it's gotten worse. So I go to the UN uh, in 2002, because I had written this little book called The Millionth Circle, uh, an essential guide to women's circles of the sacred center and how to change ourselves and the world. It morphed through other women into an organization that was concerned with bringing circles to the UN and to UN NGOs concerned with women. So that's how I found myself at the United Nations looking forward to the next World Conference on Women thinking it would, of course, be in 2005 or 2010. And I find out, no, it's not going to be then. In fact, there'll never be another one of them. The sense was the women had their conference, and, and the era of conferences for women is over. So I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm hearing the women who went to the one, the four previous ones, who are now leaders. Some of them are presidents of countries. Most of them are very active in their NGOs, and they're all getting older, obviously, because they are. <laughs> and um, I'm thinking what happened is that they bonded at the forum. When the fourth, fifth Women's World Conference is held, and I have as a target, my, my Artemis aim is the country of India, now that it has a new prime minister who has said on its Independence Day, what the prime concerns that he has is to stop violence against women. He talks about how India has a is becoming a rape culture and this must be stopped. And I'm thinking, right on, right on. If India were to, to and, and New Delhi could easily absorb a hundred thousand women who came as part of the forum that is the while the official body meets. Uh, this is true every year in March when the Commission on the Status of Women meets. Um, there will be, say, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 sometimes, but usually it's about 2,500, say, women from NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, and other others who come to hear what is going on. And that's what happened to me. I go to the U.N. I am inspired. I am appalled. We don't hear very much about what truly goes on in the world to women, and how it is that I know I know now that for the people at the top, the male people at the top, to pay attention to issues that they might have even incorporated into documents that say things about equality and stopping violence, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that the only thing that really makes a difference is grassroots women making it known that these are important issues. That's what brings political will at the top. So I am enthusiastic about having been an advocate, and I am optimistic about the potential for India. If Modi, the new prime minister, supports it, then it would be possible by 2018. So that's my current, what I call, assignment. 
And really, I am the notion of assignment. You and I uh, talked briefly, Chris, at the break about how not every woman is an Artemis. And basically, that was the message of goddesses in every woman is that the, the range of archetypes in us, the ones that are strongest in us, are the ones that give us meaning because we live from the archetypal depth into a role in the in the world. And not all of us are predominantly Artemis women. Uh, but whoever you are, if you live from that archetype, it's meaningful to you. So I am saying, especially to women who are looking for, who are sort of in, in a kind of nothing much exciting is happening, uh, they're a little depressed, a little anxious, uh, same-o, same-o is getting to them, but there are stirrings in them. I think, well, something will come along if you are receptive. And the three criteria that only you can answer from inside, and that is, will this be meaningful to you? And that usually has to do with your history, what you know from having lived through something. Second is, will it be fun? Now, when people try to recruit activists, they don't usually emphasize that that if you do something with others, especially if you form a circle that supports each other to do it, it's fun. You are you're with, with others who share your values, and it's using you, and that's fun. And the third is that it's motivated by love. And if, if those three are true of what it is you're doing, then you are living your own personal myth. I mean, Joseph Campbell made us very much aware of the importance of living your personal myth. And when he was asked, "How do you know you? How do you know it?" and it has to do with harmony. He talked about harmony and bliss. It has to do with that that you are absorbed with your own life and what it is you're doing. And most women will go through a period in which they are really absorbed in what they're doing, and then it gets sour time. And it's same old. And this is when you can be receptive to taking on what I call an assignment. So I, that's great, you know, for people to be uh, to think of it as an assignment. Well, Jean, it was great to talk with you today. Well, I'm it's so great to be with you, Chris, and it'll be. I'm looking forward to being with you and Women of Wisdom in February of next year. Yeah, so Jean's going to be here at our conference. It's our 23rd conference. Um, the dates are February 11th to the 16th. She'll be our major uh, featured keynote on Friday night, so I hope people will join us for that. I would like to uh, leave everyone with this thought today. How can you tar- tap into the Artemis within you? So I am Chris Danis. I also have the show Voices of Women every Friday at 1 o'clock on um, Pacific Time on Transformation Talk Radio. And also I just want to make people aware of we have some special events at Women of Wisdom. We have a fall festival October 11th. And you can have a booth there if you're an artist, a healer, a psychic reader, or you're an educational um, organization that uh, works in earth sustainability um, or have some real organic, great organic food, um, you can apply to be at the festival. Our deadline is September 15th. And also we have now our call for vendors at our conference. That is open 
Um, and just so just go to the website, womanofwisdom.org, and look under programs for the fall festival and look for the 2015 conference to find out all about that. And also just tying in with what uh, Jean Boland does at Circles and my, and my, work, uh, my work is chrysalisleadership.com. been listening to Transformation Talk Radio, the new mainstream in radio. Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. The website is bellevue.wellness1.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellness1.net. Where do you desire to go in your life? Are you only looking outside yourself for the answers? What if you use your soul's wisdom to lead the way? So what is the soul and how do you access its wisdom? Soul Suitcase with Victoria Cohen will unpack these questions and help you tap into and trust your own inner voice to solve everyday problems. Our Soul Suitcase is a treasure chest of wisdom inside us waiting to be discovered. Listen to Soul Suitcase while Victoria Cohen takes everyday situations like job loss, relationship struggles, parenting challenges, work stress, and health concerns and shows you how awakening to your inner voice helps you make more conscious choices where your life flows more smoothly with greater clarity purpose, grace, and ease. As a psychotherapist and soul coach, Victoria has inspired thousands of clients over the past 31 years to listen to their inner wisdom and let it guide them on their true path. You can learn this too on Soul Suitcase with Victoria Cohen. Your soul suitcase is packed. Are you ready to start your journey? Hi everyone, this is Dr. Pat. I am super excited about the Women of Wisdom Fall Harvest Festival coming in October. For those of you out there, if you're a healer, vendor, reader, or earth-friendly educational group seeking to participate in this fall event, well, you get to reserve your space now. Apply by September 15th for the Women of Wisdom Fall Harvest Festival. To participate in this event, email wow at womenofwisdom.org. All right, everybody, we'll see you there.